podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. And it's a Valentine special full of love this week. Full of love. Yeah, to discuss a very satisfactory win against Brentford, uh, a four win a 4 nil win at Norwich on Saturday. And uh, we'll also look forward to our Champions League fixture, the first leg of our last 16 in, in Portugal. Uh, what else are we going to do? Uh, we've got a league fixture against Spurs as well at the weekend. So, so much to talk about. And three guests for whom I have genuine love, all three of them, particularly Sarah Messenger. Welcome, Sarah. Good to see you. Hello, Nigel. Happy Valentine's Day. And happy Valentine's Day to you and to John Stapleton. John, lots of love to you. Thank you very much, Nigel, and to you. And lots of love also to Rob Bear and CTID. Hi, Rob. Hi, Nigel. All reciprocated. Thanks. Marvellous. Um, Brentford against Manchester City. Um, another victory for the Blues. You, as always, were there. Talk us through it. It seems such a long time ago. I'd almost forgotten. Who are you talking to? Uh, Rob, actually. I talk, I'm talking to all of you. I'm talking to our seven listeners as well, actually, because uh, this is a podcast. But I'm going to start with Rob, I think, this week. Yeah, it was a very satisfactory but uh, slightly less exciting win than we might have expected. Um, I think we had around 76% possession during the game, um, but but we struggled to be on top form. For me, the most exciting things were not the goals, um, although it's good to see Mares scoring penalties, but there were two things about the game that I thought were really uh, encouraging. One was De Bruyne has got his legs back again and he was absolutely superb, particularly in defensive positions uh, over the course of the game. And I've, I've been a bit worried about that because his skill is never in doubt, but the fact that he's got his legs back is, is magnificent. And I thought Cancelo had a brilliant game. And uh, he, he's just a priceless asset for us. Uh, and, you know, long may it continue. So uh, very happy with the result uh, and with the way they performed. I thought they were better against Norwich than they were against Brentford, but that, we'll come on to that. Sure. And I think that the word patience springs to mind when I think of the, the Brentford game, particularly, John. You know, we, we play against these teams. In fact, we struggled, didn't we, at their place as well. I think it was only, only one nil in that fixture. Um, yeah, so we need, to, we need to be patient against these well-organised, well-drilled sites, don't we? And I think are, we were. They are a well-organised, well-drilled site. They're my local club, actually. They're across the river from me, from where I live. And I, a very ha- pleasant club it is to go to as well, I, I might add. A really friendly family atmosphere, nice board, nice people, the good fans. Great atmosphere. So I've got a soft spot for Brentford. But they did uh, to us on uh, in, in the last game what they did when we played them at Brentford. They put four or five at the back. It's diff- difficult to break down. We got there in the end, largely because, it has to be said, two mistakes on their part. You know, I mean, a, a penalty given away, needlessly given away. And then the goalkeeper gifting us one as well. And I completely concur with what Rob said about De Bruyne. I mean, I remember one instance. We were 2-0 we were up. And De Bruyne ran almost the length of the field, I think, to help out the defence. I mean, it's, that's, that's spectacular, really, and, and, and fantastic effort. So, yeah, it was an easy win. I talked to some of the board after. They're, they're quite worried now, as you can imagine. I, I saw some of the board members after the game. They're, they're quite worried. I think they've gone seven games without winning now, and uh, 
not a, not a good position to be in. They've got 23 points, I think. So they're five or six away from the drop zone, but they're still a little bit worrying. I, I hope they survive because they deserve to survive. They've got Ericsson coming, so that should make a difference. But we're not really here to talk about Brentford, we're here to talk about City. But I, I just would acknowledge they are a well-organised team, a lovely, lovely atmosphere, nice, nice manager, nice, nice board. So fingers crossed for them. I hope they survive. Well, later on the show, I'll be asking who you might want to send a Valentine's card to. I was hoping it might be a City player, but sounding you might send it to some no, of the board members no. of Brentford. But well, we'll leave that <laughs> for you, John, when your turn comes. It's Brentford's entirely up to you. A City player. Oh, very good. Um, Sarah, um, your, your reflections on the Brentford game. And you, and you have a love for Brentford as well? I don't know. Everyone loves Brentford, don't they, this season? I, I mean, John and, and Rob have, I think, captured most of the main points. It was one of those games that feeds into the narrative that it's boring watching City. It wasn't a scintillating watch. I heard the word professional used a lot of times to describe the performance, which, let's be honest, was all that mattered. Um, I think we put enough scintillating performances in over the season to get away with the odd one that is uh, is a bit dreary. But I thought Brentford played very well, actually, in terms of their game plan. They did what they needed to do and they were undone, as John says, by, um, you know, two mistakes, a, a silly tackle for the penalty and then a goalkeeping error. So um, a, a routine win is probably the best way to put it. So, Sarah, take us on to the weekend then against Norwich. And, of course, Norwich had a go and, and I think Grant Hanley hit a post with a header, didn't he? And, and they, they had a go and I don't think the result was ever in doubt, but they had a decent spell for maybe 20 minutes. They did. I, it, I mean, it was a much more enjoyable game to watch. And I thought City played well without being brilliant. Um, the thing that really struck me is that obviously we have a, a little phrase, don't we, in the minds of most City fans, which is in Pep we trust. And then the team sheet came out and everybody was absolutely bricking themselves over, you know, the fact that Ake and Zinchenko and were playing and there was no Cancelo and no De Bruyne and no Rodri. Um, and then we were all left thinking, I don't know why we panicked because Pep does know what he's doing. And actually, um, you know, the players who came in, I thought played really well. And it, it's yet again evidence of how important the squad is, especially at this time of the season. I think Pep himself has said you get to the last three games and you could play the same team three three games in a row to sort of clinch whatever you're trying to win. But at this stage, you've got to rotate and he did it really well and a, a good win came out of it. I mean, just picking up on what Sarah said, John, I, I wasn't particularly surprised when I saw the squad because obviously with Tuesday in mind, he was he was likely to rotate and it was against lowly Norwich. But but someone like Sinchenko, who hasn't played, I don't think, this year, and he comes and he just slotted straight in as if he's been there all season. It's just, just incredible, isn't it, the way these... I'll just pick him out as, as one example, yeah. I think. No, you're right too, actually, Nigel. And, and, and Sterling obviously got the man of the match because he, he scored a hat-trick. But I thought that both Zinchenko and Gundayan could equally well have got uh, man of the match. And, of course, that's forgetting the imperious uh, Fernandinho, who <laughs> once again stepped up to the mark. We are very, very, very fortunate. And, and it's, it's good the way, and it's clever the way Pep rotates the team, that he keeps everyone happy. Uh, I mean, Zinchenko, as you rightly say, hasn't played, I don't think, this, this year. You'd never have guessed that from his performance. Him and Gundogan, I thought, were absolutely terrific. So we're, we're very fortunate in having those players who are not only capable of doing that, but apparently quite happy, or reasonably happy anyway, to be stepping in from, from time to time. So, yeah, I thought, there was a, I thought it was a, a well, cruise control performance, frankly, just switch on cruise control. And I didn't think the, da- the result was really ever in doubt. All right, they hit the post, you know. And that, funny enough, came from the only mistake Gundogan made. He, 
he, he missed, past, missed past the ball at one stage and Ake cleared it for a corner. It was from that corner that Hanley headed and, and hit the post. That was the only mistake, the only thing at the time, only time that gone down as far as I could see, put, put a foot wrong. But I thought it was a, overall a very, very comfortable uh, performance. Another game that City managed terribly well. We're, we're getting very good at managing it. Okay, if it's, if it's boring to watch City keep the ball all the time, so be it. You know, frankly, that's how you win games. Give the ball to them, you, you run the risk of losing. We don't do it. You know, it's 70% possession. Fantastic. So, Rob, the, the perfect hat-trick, left foot, right foot header, uh, albeit there was a missed penalty within that as well. Um, your thoughts on Sterling and his hat-trick? Well, I'm very pleased for him because he still takes a lot of stick from ignorant, silly uh, City supporters who get frustrated with his daring, which brings with it a capacity to miss it. Uh, from time to time during every game, but he has the bravery to keep doing it, and he 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 frightens teams when he's in this form, and it's so good to see uh, the reward that he's getting for it, and um, he's come into form at exactly the right time. And actually, as John was saying, this is a this is a triumph of Pep's judgment about how to manage players. So. Was it five or six changes that he made for the game? Um, Fernandinho, is he 36? Is he really 36? I mean, he was magnificent during the game. I thought, as you say, Zinchenko probably had his best ever game for City on Saturday. Given the state that his country is in, and given that he hasn't played uh, many games, it was an absolutely stunning performance. So uh, I think uh, it's all um, congratulations to Sterling for keeping his nerve during this difficult time, Um, but also uh, to Pep for managing uh, to create excellence at the same time as changing the team in a wholesale manner in preparation for tomorrow. That's very exciting. And just talking about the game, we've picked up a number of players. Um, Keiki made his debut, of course, as well. Not that I've seen very much of him, but good to see another youngster coming through. And also run-outs for Delap and McAtee as well, John. So three three youngsters there coming on as well. Great opportunity for them as well. Very encouraging. And of course, we've got Palmer, who's, I think, injured. Uh, and I, I think possibly the most... Ta- from what I've seen, it's not very much. What I've seen of the four of them possibly the most talented of all. Really, really good, encouraging news. I just hope we can hang on to them, hope that they get a real chance, you know, if not this season, maybe, maybe next season, more appearances, more more uh, time on the pitch because they all look absolutely fabulous. And, well, all right, Kake is, is an import from Brazil, isn't he? The other three, homegrown talent. I mean, fantastic. At last, some homegrown talent coming through. We've had several people nearly make it, I have a feeling at least one, if not two of these, will make it on a, a, a sort of fold and light basis, you know, on a full-time basis. Certainly hope so. It's great for the club and, and obviously great for them. And it was Delap Sarah who, who won the penalty as well. He, he, he just, uh, that was a, just a great run. What, what a run that was. It, yeah, it was. And it, and it was, I mean, I, I was in, it was interesting to me that there was a debate about whether it was a penalty. I mean, I know you can debate every penalty, but, you know, that wasn't just trying to 
get between him and the ball. He barged him right off the ball. So I thought it was a clear penalty and a good run from Dillard. Can I just offer a quick thought on Sterling? Because I know we talk about him a lot and, and I'm a Sterling fan. So this isn't, you know, I'm, I'm getting on the bandwagon that Rob mentioned a minute ago. But I think one of the problems for me with Sterling is that um, he's actually a winger, but we keep thinking he's a striker. And if we measure him by the standards of a world-class striker, he's not world-class. You might argue he's a world-class winger, but he's not a world-class striker. Even though he scores us a lot of goals. And I just wonder whether actually, when when City play, hopefully next season, with a recognised striker, whether that's Alvarez or even better, Haaland, um, whether in a way that might help Sterling, because he won't get mistaken as a striker anymore. He'll just be pigeonholed as a winger who scores us a lot of goals. That's if he's with us. That's with if he's with us next season. Oh. Rob, do you, Rob, do you want to come back to stare on that because you're kind of yeah. lead, leading the Sterling sort of love in today? Well, um, I, I, I of course respect what my colleagues are saying, but I think the the genius of Pep is not to divide players into specific roles. So you're not a winger or a striker; you're a total footballer. And what he said on Saturday, I thought was very interesting. And he said that Raz is sublime when he doesn't have to think. So uh, maybe one of the reasons why he doesn't score as many goals as as he might do is that there's a mental issue, an overthinking ab- about how to play rather than innately not being able to score goals. So I'm not uh, giving up on his ability to score tons more goals and the idea of him leaving uh i think is is an unhappy one for me he's only 26 uh he could sign another contract and then still go on to something else if he wanted to do that and i think it would be very sad if if we lost him having come through this test something obviously happened between him and pep last season i think we know that um but it seems to have been repaired and hopefully uh, he'll sign a new contract. I mean, City have been very good at keeping their players. There's a whole tranche of uh, contract signing gone on in the last couple of months, which is to the credit of uh, Bajirastein and, and the others. And John, where, just finally before we, we go to a break, where, where do you sit on the whole Sterling situation? Well, the way he's playing at the moment, fabulous to have him on board. I was reading in the mail this morning, actually. Guess who, which players have scored most goals for Pep Guardiola in his lifetime as a manager? Well, obviously Messi, yeah. Obviously Aguero. But you know who's up there with them? Oh, can I guess, sir? I'm I'm, going to go Sterling. Correct. (laughs) I think it's 81 or 82 goals. I mean, and not many people knew that. I still didn't know that. I hadn't realised that. So it's not a bad record, is it? Yeah. Can't complain about that. Uh, yeah, and the form is in at the moment, and if he's a happy boy, great, let's keep him there. I mean, fantastic as far as I'm concerned. Brilliant. Well, listen, uh, we're going to take a quick break. After that, we're going to talk more love. We're going to find out from my guests who they would send a Valentine card to. We'll talk about the game at Europe and then look at Spurs at the weekend, and that's all coming up after this break. Well. Welcome back. We're recording this on February the 14th, Valentine's Day. And uh, Sarah Messenger, you have 
the lovely job of going first. And I sort of set you a bit of a task. If you were to send a Valentine's card to any Manchester City player, who would it be and why? And we'd like to know, Sarah, who, who have you gone for? Uh, well, on, on the basis that I never restrict myself to one card a year, Nigel, I dish them out like nobody's business. Um, I, I definitely have to send two and possibly three. So I would send one, of course, to David Silver because... I love him, and I think he's he was an amazing player for us, and uh, we miss him. But so uh, David would definitely get one. I'd also send one to Caroline Weir um, because she scored an absolute beauty yesterday to win the Manchester derby, um, repeating her lovely chip of a year ago. So she'd get one, um, and then I think I'd send one to Nathan Aki because he's a very beautiful man. And I think it won't do him any won't do him any harm to know that all the city fans love him even and you know he's a good, really good squad player for him so I think that's a Nathan one. Well, I was, a, I was a surprised to hear to hear the third one. The, the first two, um, I, I, I get completely, but that's nice to hear. I like that. It's kind of not necessarily one of the first names that would come to mind. So excellent, Nathan. He'll be delighted because he listens every week, as you know. So he'll be he'll be chuffed to bits to hear that. Uh, John Stapleton, who's your card or cards going to? Well, I had my thunder stolen by Sarah that I thought I was being I was ever so clever picking, picking Caroline Weir, who, as she said, for the second time, got the winner against uh, United. I was pleased for her. I was also pleased with Gareth Taylor, the, 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 the City Women's Manager, because he's had a pretty rough, not a rough time this season, but a difficult start, a lot of injuries, team not playing as well as they might do, and having had several successful seasons. So... Hopefully they're coming back into form. They're just outside the top three at the moment, aren't they? And it could could just about get there. So well done, Caroline. Well done, the City women. And I suppose if I'm going to send another one, I'll send my other one to Fernandinho because all men like him, he and I need it. Lovely. He'll be he'll be chuffed to bits as well. I know. Uh, Rob Barons. How many? Yes. How many? How many did you get, Rob? First of all. Oh, I got too many to count. But can I send three? Is that allowed? Yeah, of course you can. Thank you. Well, first of all, uh, a card goes to Billy Levers, who (laughs) celebrated his 90th birthday last week and who I remember in my childhood as being a wonderful fullback in the Bobby McDonald mode. And he's still going strong, so that's very nice. Secondly, uh, I would send a card to Zinchenko, because I think he is exemplary in his behaviour. He's not a prima donna. He doesn't get many games, and he seizes his opportunities uh, wherever he can. And I think that is a sign of an outstanding footballer who contributes to the team ethic in the way that he does. And the third one uh, I would send to Edison... Because if anyone drives me to the possibility of a heart attack at games, it's him with his apparently laid-back approach to uh, being the sweeper-keeper. He's magnificent. He is so brave. He, he, in the last two games, he's, he's been concussed. He takes it. Uh, he gets up. He gets on with it. His, his ability to pass a ball is just the best that I've ever seen. And uh, but he's so cool, uh, and he never uh, lets his emotions show, or very very rarely. So I'm grateful to him. But it is quite hard work watching him sometimes, uh, trying to pass out in impossible situations, which uh, almost lead to calamity. But fortunately, 
very rarely do. Well, I, I'm going to have a go as well. I'm, I'm going to, only going to send one, and it's somebody who I've mentioned before, and I and I and I hesitate before I say this, and I think I hesitated the last time I said it. I think people who listen to the show regularly will know that Colin Bell is my all-time city hero, and I think it's going to take an awful lot to knock him off that perch. But somebody who comes and is becoming a very close second to that, um, and it's not Yaya Toure, um, it's not the three statues, it's not Silver Company or Aguero, but it's somebody who's very close to that category. And he's already been mentioned already. He's already getting one card from John, John Stapleton. But Fernandinho, at 36 years of age, what he has done for our club is unbelievable. And I just think he has been one of the most underrated players this country's ever seen and one of yeah. City's most underrated. But the work he does, the job he's done, the trophies we've, done, we've won with him, are, he's just brilliant. And, and to see him at that age, to come into the side, he's not going to get many chances this year, but to come in and play the way he did, I think he's magnificent. I just love him as a footballer and he gets my card for that reason. So thank you for joining in on that. That was, that was lovely. We, sh- we shall do that again. Uh, and I think, didn't Jamie Redknapp also, I didn't see it, but did Jamie Redknapp say something about Fernandinho as well? Did I read somewhere that he reckons he's the best defensive midfielder the Premier League's ever seen? Something like that? Did, did any of you see that or exactly hear that? what he said, yeah. And he, yeah. he, he did a good, uh, a good analysis of his performance against Norwich and uh, some great clips that evidence everything that everyone on this podcast has just said about him. He's a fantastic player. John, uh, listen, Pep didn't get a card from anybody, uh, which is maybe I'm sure he'd be disappointed when he he listens to the show. But having said that, that was his 550th win in his management career, and that was City's 14th win from 15 Premier League matches. Just, just, I mean, it's ridiculous. So we are running out of words, and I know it's difficult. Try and come up with something new is not easy. But, but just, again, your reflections on that man and what he's done for our club and what he's doing again this season. Well, he's the best in the world, no doubt about it. And he's, uh, we've characterised already his main attributes, mainly not only he's not a fantastic tactical manager, he's a good man-manager as well. And more or less, publicly at least, from a public point of view, keeps mo- most of them happy most of the time, which is which is some going given the egos he's contending with and given the money that's uh, swirling around. I don't wish to sort of rain on anyone's parade, but just on this point and, and our success, I'm sort of with Pep uh, in, in, in this regard. He said a couple of occasions, it's not over yet. You know, you can't count on anything. And I agree with him. Okay, we're nine points ahead at the moment, but, you know, if Liverpool win their, out, their outstanding game, which they probably will, right? And then if, and it's not beyond the bounds possibility, they beat us at the Etihad, we're only three points behind, you know, and there's a lot of games to play. It's not, it's not over and done with by any manner of means. You know, daft things have happened. Don't forget, we came back from, what, eight yeah. points behind two or three seasons ago and won the league. It's not impossible. So, you know, fingers crossed. It's ours to lose. I'll, I'll concede that. But I don't think it's over and done with yet. But whatever the outcome, yes, to answer your question more directly, we owe the man a great debt. And I just hope that we can keep him at least for another two or three years. Fantastic manager. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Listen, let's look forward, uh, Rob, let's look forward to uh, Tuesday night. First leg of our last 16 tie. Your, your thoughts and reflections ahead of that, I guess, with, with Pep rotating his squad with those five or six changes at the weekend. I guess he's probably going going to go into it reasonably full strength, you would hope, wouldn't you? I know Grealish is obviously injured. He's not going to make, he's not even made the trip, but uh, you'd like to think that uh, full strength side for that game. Absolutely. And uh, it's so good that 
he's rested key players, which indicates that he's taking this very seriously indeed, as, as of course he should do, uh, because the second leg uh, will be less difficult if we get a good result on Tuesday. So I, I envisage that the team will look something like uh, the one that played against Brentford. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm excited uh, and greatly looking forward to it. So uh, I, think, I, I think there's nothing to be concerned about. We need to, to continue to be consistent. And just can I just say one thing, Nigel? I, I watched Pep. Uh, I sometimes spend the time watching Pat rather than the game at, uh, at matches. And he goes absolutely berserk when City players give the ball away. I mean, for him, that is the fundamental crime of, of, of City players when they give the ball away. And he lets them know it. So his passion is absolutely still uh, in the right place. And for games like tomorrow, that is critical. It's not just another game. It's you know, the one thing we haven't got. And um, if we want the Champions League, we have to do well tomorrow night. You confident going into it, Sarah, that we will do well? Yes, I, I am. I mean, I think, you know, the real challenges with the Champions League usually come from the quarterfinal stage onwards. So, um, you know, we don't want to be complacent, but I think we I think we should definitely get through this, this round and then... Everything's in the hands of the, you know, the gods of luck, injuries, uh, etc. But let's hope this year we finally win it and get that donkey, that uh, monkey off our back, because we're all bored of the, of the chant about, you know, champions of Europe. You'll never sing that. So let's get rid of that. John, your thoughts and reflections ahead of Tuesday. Well, I just hope it doesn't end in the same way that um, Sporting Lisbon's game against Porto ended at the weekend. They you know they're, they're <laughs> arch rivals. Porto are top of the league, six points ahead of Sporting Lisbon. And apparently the game, I didn't see it, but apparently the game ended with five bookings and 40, 4-0 people involved in a brawl on the pitch. So hopefully we, that same fate doesn't befall Man City uh, t- tomorrow night. Um, I don't know enough about Sporting Lisbon, really, apart from the fact that you know, they're a good team. They won the league last year, I think, didn't they? They're second in the league right now, albeit six points behind Porto. I'd be happy with a draw in, in Lisbon and you know, beat them at our place. But I, I think that the mood we're in at the moment, I, I'm fairly confident. I can't see many teams, if any teams, uh, beating City. And uh, you know, with the full-strength squad, very cleverly having arrested those, those players we mentioned earlier, I can't see any reason why we won't win. And what about the weekend then, John? If you, you kick off on that then for us, obviously Spurs, who uh, had a bit of a bounce back with their new manager that hit a bit of a sticky patch. There's some booing going on, I think, at, uh, at, uh, at Spurs this weekend as well, which is never good. Um, so you're, you're, some people saying it's, it would be typical City if they suddenly sort of hit form Spurs and, and, and we're just coming back from a, a sort of a trip to Portugal and, and it might well be not go our way. But, but your thoughts ahead of that? Well, yeah, I saw those tweets about will it, will it be typical City playing Spurs back into form? Again, I don't think so. I think Spurs are in, are in a bad place at the minute. I, I, I think there's dissent in the, in, in the dressing room. I think there's a lot of uh, people asking question marks about the owner or the owners. Uh, the manager uh, is, is a good manager, no question about that. And they've got a talented team. They're a bit like the team across the city. You know, they've got some talented players, but they're not a, not, not a great team. I don't, I don't see any major problem, uh, assuming we've no big injuries coming out of the, the Sporting Lisbon game. But even if we have, we are so blessed. We, we've got, you know, with Zinchenko, we've got Gundayan, we've got all those people. 
on, on the sidelines waiting to step in. So for me, I, I would say at least a draw in Lisbon, maybe, and, and a comfortable, fairly comfortable win against Spurs. Do you think the handsome Nathan Ake will get a game, uh, Sarah? You'll be hoping for that, I'm sure. Just for Sarah. <laughs> Just for me, yeah. Um, no, I don't think he'll play against Spurs, although, you know, subject to not getting any injuries in the week. I, I mean, I agree with John. I think Spurs, um, it, it, it has the feel of it being a tricky game because they're one of the, in inverted commas, big six. Um, and also the typical City kind of phenomenon that we've all lived with for most of our lives is that uh, well, just as they get rubbish they'll put in a world-class performance and slam four past us but uh, in reality I think we'll beat Spurs reasonably comfortably on on uh, on Saturday. Rob you're equally confident? I'm never confident as you know Nigel but uh, I'd like to tell you this one one of my work colleagues is the Greek national ombudsman and he's also a Tottenham Hotspur supporter because he did a degree in London. And I wrote to him this morning and said, are you looking forward to Saturday's game? And he wrote back and said, I'm absolutely dreading it. And I was delighted to, to hear that. But, you know, there's no such thing as an easy game. And with Harry Kane in the team uh, and, uh, you know, they've got great players, as John, John said. So we need to be very careful. Uh, we will have come back from uh, Portugal. That will be tiring. So uh, he, he may have to use the squad again in, in the way that he does. But I'm very hopeful rather than confident. Excellent. Well, listen, it's been a joy and a pleasure. And, and I've loved it uh, on this Valentine's Day. So lots of love and thanks to my three guests, to Rob Bear and CTID, to John Stapleton and to Sarah Messenger. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you all very soon. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this show, contact us at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.